reunited, and it feels oh so good. But we are finally back with your Raw Squad reviews of WWE Monday Night Raw. The duo is back together again after two weeks off with no Monday Night Raw last Let's week. <laughs> and this is the first Monday Night Raw of 2024. So first and foremost, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024, all you Biconics wrestling nerds out there. Of course, Mikey and Minnie here about to bring you the uh, review for the day one edition of Monday Night Raw that took place this past Monday, January 1st, 2024. I am super excited to finally be back and we are breaking new ground here as this is the first review of 2024. So I'm excited that I get to do this with my amazing co-host. But uh, let's just jump right into it. Day one edition of Monday Night Raw. We open up with our first match, which sees Becky Lynch taking on Nia Jack. The premise of this whole entire match is the fact that both Nia and Becky are playing on old history. They brought up the fact that Nia Jack broke Becky's nose all those years ago, which kind of catapulted her into the man that she has become with that character and of course Nia Jack says if it wasn't for her Becky wouldn't be where she was Becky disagrees so they're about to have this match that happened in order to prove that we love continuity in wrestling yes which is very very appreciative and I don't care what nobody says Triple H regime knows how to keep continuity alive and well because Especially with our women's wrestling. Triple H, thank you so much for keeping continuity. You know, this I didn't know what to expect with this match when we got, it got announced for day one. And I figured, eh, I think it's going to be all right. I was pleasantly surprised by this. But what shocked me even more, and we'll talk about the match itself. Nia Jax beat Becky clean. <laughs> she beat her clean and she didn't kill her. Right. That was my biggest concern. So that was the big that was the elephant in the room for me is is Nia Jax going to kill Becky Lynch. Now, granted, Becky was bleeding from the mouth towards the tail end of the match, but I've I tried to. Was, I think that was purposeful. Yeah, I think that was perfect. And I think that was planned because I didn't foresee Nia doing anything that would have resulted in that. No, like everything. Nia didn't kill anybody. She didn't really box super heavy. She actually looked decent in the ring so she's getting better and i'm happy she's getting better now she's got to do that with omos so we'll be all right <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen with omos i will say my move probably from this match is the top rope samoan drop from nia Jax. that was clean she, yeah i was just like just fell back i was like oh my gosh that is some height and that is some power i'll give her that that was clean I that was that. it was a banger opening and you know what they opened up Night one of the year. No, uh, nobody cut a promo. No, welcome to Monday Night Raw. It was straight to a banger match. Thank goodness, man. I swear, like, don't get me wrong. I know it's become a staple for the weekly shows to open up with some sort of promo, but I appreciate that they just decided let's just get a match out the way and then we'll go here, which is something that I noticed throughout this whole entire three hour block. There were very few like promo segments. There was one in particular we'll talk about that I get why it went long, but geez Louise, that was a long segment. There there wasn't that much match. It was mostly just week. Like, it was day one. We had two matches that are the ones that we're really excited about. The Women's Championship match and the World Heavyweight Championship match. 
then there was a couple other matches but it was mostly a lot of recap right which i feel like in this instance normally i hate the recap but given the fact that the last time we had a monday night raw episode was two weeks ago i didn't mind the recaps because it's been two weeks since we had a monday night raw which is it was fine it was still a lot of fucking recap it took up most of the tv time that is very fair though there was some stuff i like like before the matches they would play promos of people involved specifically for our main event and then the women's championship match too which i appreciated so nia Jax once again beat becky clean i don't think we're done and this is good momentum for nia heading into the royal rumble so we'll see i wasn't expecting her to win straight up me neither but but it was it it was smart smart booking triple h making nia jackson strong because every time she's been back she looked strong at first, but every time she got a match, she lost. Right. So, what a fun way to open day one. And then from here, we get a recap of one of my favorite promos that happened on the final Monday Night Raw of 2023, where Shinsuke Nakamura read The American Nightmare Before Christmas. Called Dusty Rose and Inbred. That was... That was wild. I I said it when I reviewed that particular episode of Raw, but holy crap, man. I'm like, Shinsuke out here being a menace, and I loved it. Shinsuke out here looking to be in the best promo order. Seriously, the Shinsuke promos have been some of my favorite things the last month since entering this feud with Cody, which then translates into what we got next. Cody Rhodes comes out to cut a promo in the ring basically says that he is tired of the games he's tired of everything and he just wants to beat shinsuke up so he calls shinsuke out for him to come to the ring and then once again we get an awesome promo from shinsuke on the titan tron listen i appreciate this anime villain that we're getting from shinsuke it is some of his best promo work since being in the company since his nxt days but man I also really appreciated towards the end he spit the red miss into the camera, which was a lot of fun. I'm excited for this match next week between the I two am, of them. I'm worried that uh, she's going to lose. Yeah, I think he. Well, I mean, okay. Like, okay. so Cody yeah. since Mania last year, Cody's become Cody Bird. He hasn't lost. Super Cody has been activated. Right, we have Super Cody, Cody Bird, Brock, uh, Cody Lesnar. He hasn't lost since Mania, and I'm concerned if you want to continue to push Shinsuke to be this, this like dark, super scary heel, he's got to have a couple dubs, and I'm scared that he's going to lose to Cody. So there's a couple of ways that I can see this playing out. They let Cody beat Shinsuke clean, or who knows, maybe... But then you run the risk because the Rumble is less than about four weeks away. And we know that Cody's in the Royal Rumble. (sighs) I don't foresee them having a match at the Rumble because then that takes them out of the Royal Rumble match. Yeah, I'm afraid Shinsuke is going to lose here, but... I don't know what... Yeah, I don't know what else we could do. Dirty. Yeah, if Shinsuke wins dirty, then I'll be okay with it. Right, but not like not shot dirty. Like I'm gonna hit you over the head with a chair and then put you through a table, kind of dirty. But mm-hmm. you still look strong. 
I 100% agree. And it doesn't make Cody look, it doesn't ruin Cody's momentum going into Mania season. Right. Which we'll talk about that towards the tail end after we finish the review, because based on the reports and then everything we witness on Raw, I have a conspiracy theory and I'm playing Booker in my head as to where we're headed. But we'll talk about that afterwards. So then from here, we get our tag team match of the evening. Kofi Kingston and main event Jay Uso Yeet. versus Imperium, which is being represented by Giovanni Vinci. And Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig Kaiser. She can still do his entrance, but she can't do Chelsea Green's. Ugh, that makes me upset. I was just like, I love Chelsea when she did it. There was reports, and she said that she cannot do Chelsea Green's little custom thing anymore. She's not allowed Mm -hmm. to. And that is stupid, because it was funny, and I enjoyed every second of it. But she can still do Ludwig Kaiser, which is also cool. Seriously. It's like uh, the perfect amount of flavor on everybody's entrance, and I love it. Yep, Samantha Irving, you get one of these. (laughs) I love it. So, once all four men enter the ring, you know the bell sounds. (laughs) And from there, we get about five minutes, and then... Yeah. Giovanni Vinci gets knocked out by a stray dropkick, and they cut the match. So there are two possibilities here. He either got hit really hard because it looked like Kofi's foot like clocked him on the jaw just a tiny bit. But the landing was also not the best either because he landed hard and I saw that head bounce off the mat a little bit. That was really, really scary. And you could tell that Jay was like still trying to get into it and then he gets tagged in. But then the ref rings the bell to stop the match and Kofi and Jay win, but you could tell Jay was upset. Kofi looked concerned and he's like, damn. Man, I feel bad for Kofi in this situation. Well, there was, okay, it's one of those spots you can't really blame Kofi for because it was, it was a mid-air spot where they just collided mid-air. There's not a lot you can do to make sure you don't collide super hard like that. Like, maybe Kofi's timing was a little bit or something, but it was such like a hard spot to not make sure something bad happens. It's one of those spots. Right. Thank yeah. Thankfully though, we did see Giovanni was able to roll out and walk to the back on his own, being accompanied by one of the medical staff. So hopefully he's okay. I just want the wrestling community to not throw hate too. Kofi in this situation due to the fact that how much Ridge Holland got piled on after the Biggie incident. <laughs> well, because yeah, Ridge had a little bit more has a little bit more of a history of being a sloppy wrestler where Kofi doesn't. And Kofi's mm-hmm. no offense to Ridge Holland. He's he looks like a really cool dude and everything. Kofi is universally loved by the community, so I don't think he's gonna get a lot of hate. Right. I, I haven't really seen much. I agree. Well, hopefully we get a rematch down the line. Who knows what's going to happen with that? That was a very scary, but happy to see Giovanni is okay from this. From here, we get our segment kind of giving anybody who's not familiar with Ivy Niles from NXT. We get a little package about her and just how swole she is. <laughs> she big, she, she little, but she big. 
she's a pocket Hercules. It's ridiculous. And having her be with the Creeds and Alpha Academy is probably the best thing for her. And then we get into one of the weirdest in-ring segments for me, but uh, it was funny to see this. We have Miz TV where Miz is in the ring and he has been given the opportunity to interview the Judgment Day. Judgment Day's music hits. At first, nobody shows up, oh, but then I, the best member of Judgment Day comes out in our truth. so funny because it was so... Oh my, I love their entrance scene because it's Altered Rage. It's the other side of the Altered Rage. It's such a good song. And then I hear our truth and I just it, I stopped and laughed. I thought it was so funny. It's so it was so good. I love our truth and I'm so happy to see him back. Like this whole thing of him like being in Judgment Day but not really being in Judgment Day is the funniest thing. And as Miz and our truth are going back and forth with all this, then we have Dominic and JD McDonough come out to interrupt. I continuously love that even in his hometown, Dominic gets booed so bad. I was oh, like, it was even worse. It was insane. I was just like, I feel like this is the loudest I have ever heard Dominic be booed. It was, I was just like, and Miz and R-Truth were like, dang, this is a real thing that happened. <laughs> but ultimately, this sets up what we get next in a tag team match where we had the reunion of I missed the tag team name. Is it Rated R Truth? I think no, is what they. No, that's that would be that would be Edge and him. It's Awesome Truth. That's true. Then what would? It's Awesome then what's, Truth. Oh, Awesome Truth. Got it. Got it. Got it. So we had the reunion of Awesome Truth versus Judgment Day in a very quick tag team match. It was really funny watching R Truth like fight with himself in terms of like I don't like JD, but I'm in Judgment Day. I don't want to hit Dominic, but I want to hit JD. <laughs> It was good. And you know what? I'll give credit credit to the Miz in the past six months, seven months, has upped his in ring ability so much. Did you catch Absolutely. like first move of the match, he stands, he hits a hurricane on it, like off rip. He's just like jumped hurricane on it. Oh what? Okay. Okay, Miz, we see you. This match was a lot of fun. Miz and R Truth hit their tag team finisher. And Awesome Truth picks up the victory over the Judgment Day boys. Again, R-Truth being added to the Judgment Day is really great. And it's nice to see the Judgment Day kind of lean into the more comedic stuff now. Because for the lo longest time, for like a good chunk of 2023, they took themselves too seriously. And R-Truth is a perfect foil for all this. Right. And it's, they're using JD. And it was, I mean, some aren't using... I didn't see Finn. Is Finn okay? I didn't see Finn at all tonight, by the way. I haven't found any reports saying that Finn is injured or whatever. Okay, that's good because I like we saw Damien at the very end. You see, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, they're using Dominic and JD for the little comedic portions of the group, and just having like Damien Priest and Finn Balor just be like the older bros. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and they make fun of them, which is fine. I'm okay with it. I don't care. Right. So this was a fun tag team match. It was short, but it did what it needed to do. And one thing I will say is what I love about this episode is that all the pre-tape stuff that we got, I love that they're taking chances of how they present these things because next up, we had the nightclub segment, which had Chelsea Green and Piper Niven fighting their way through the club to get into the VIP to confront Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. 
which ultimately this sets up a rematch between these two for the WWE Women Champion Tag Team Championships next week on Raw. I really appreciate that they're trying different things, and I thought this was funny. I appreciate it because this is the kind of stuff we get in NXT where they do these pre-filmed promos and segments and stuff like that, and they just throw ideas to see what sticks. I appreciate it, which also, Chelsea and Piper are great. They are. The segment was good. Caden Carter's outfit was amazing. Uh, I mean, both of them, they always look, Katana Chance and Caden Carter always have phenomenal in-ring gear. So I was like, yeah, they look great. So I'm excited for their match. Those two have probably one of my favorite finishers in WWE right now. With the Aqua Party. So I'm excited to see more. I'm hoping they don't win this and they're not just transitional champs for Zoe Stark and uh we'll get back to the uh, there, spoiler a little bit. For Zoe yeah. Stark and um Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. I'm hoping they're not just like transitional for them, but Yeah, we shall see. But again, I love the segment. It they're trying something new. And I appreciate the fact that we're not waiting weeks to see the women's tag team champions on television and defending their title. So we get that rematch next week. Speaking of women's wrestling, this is where we get our WWE World Women's Championship match, Ivy Nile versus Rhea Ripley. Honestly, this was a match of two things. One, to showcase Ivy Nile to those on the main roster who only watch main roster shows. And to remind us that when Rhea Ripley is given a chance to work with good opponents, she can put on a fun match. When Ivy went for the crossbody and then Rhea Ripley just stepped in to do a headbutt to her was awesome to watch. Mommy was doing mommy things. Mommy won. Mommy did win. One thing I Welcome did like is the cult of mommy. Yes, the cult of mommy here on the Raw squad. One thing I do love <laughs> is that they bleeped out Rhea Ripley when she's like, oh shit, as Ivy Nile like German suplexed her onto the floor. I'm like, ah, ah. She, you know, the nickname Pitbull for her is like the perfect pit Adam thing for her. She is a little Pitbull and I'm scared. I'm scared of her. I will give her that. But mommy did mommy things. I mean, I had no doubt that Rhea was going to retain her title here. But at the same time, what I appreciated is the fact that we did get to showcase Ivy Nile, which was my biggest concern, especially as someone who reviews NXT on a weekly basis, and now that she's on main roster with the Creeds, I'm like, just just, just treat the NXT call-ups the way they should, because these are talents. Well, and yeah, it great. was good. It was she, Her first singles match was for the women's title. It wasn't a squash. And Rhea, one of her best aspects of the game is she is so freaking good at selling. So she makes anybody look really, really strong. So it was just like a good, perfect, yeah, she didn't win, but it was a good, perfect combination of everything that she needed to set herself up for the future, for her future in the division. Absolutely. This was now, a great effort. I want Zoe Stark versus Ivy Nile because they look like they're the same person, but one's taller. <laughs> that is very true. And I'm pretty sure that this year we will get some sort of iteration, but at least for the first quarter of 2024, I think Shayna and Zoe are going to be tied up with the tag team division, know, which I'm okay with. I want to know what Shawn Michaels is putting in the water down on NXT, but it seems like every female we're getting up from NXT have massive biceps. <laughs> These women well, are huge. Okay. So, Shawn, whatever you're putting in the water, I need some. Because your NXT, your NXT kids 
I don't know what's going on down there. They're dudes, packed with muscles. They're, they're, they're just getting better and better. I will say that their training regimen, and this is from only reports, and then also our other co-host, uh, JVL, filled me in. A lot of their training seems to be a lot of strength-based kind of wrestling and cardio and stuff like that. It's, Amer- it's American-based wrestling, which is strength That is also very true. But they're allowing others to um, still showcase their styles, though. Like, Dragon Lee is still doing Lucha. Elio Dragunov is still doing the British strong style. Which is really cool. We, unfortunately, there's not a lot of Japanese strong style, I believe, right now in NXT. I would love to see some more Japanese strong style down there because Japanese strong style is awesome. But the the in-ring talent, the NXT's in-ring talent has gone. Black and gold was phenomenal. Two, the beginning of 2.0 was eh, but now it's just like shot way back up. They're putting a lot of time and effort, and these people who are getting called up with Big Papa H at the helm are finally getting the recognition they deserve when so I'm hoping this continues and we see more talent get the spotlight that they deserve and are able to do the things that they need to be doing absolutely agree and again this is a strong showing from Ivy mommy retains and 2024 at least till Wrestlemania is probably going to be mommy's time alright so strap in because this segment was very very long we got teased on social media leading into this episode of Monday Night Wrong that a former champion would be returning, and Papa H trolled everybody that was watching because Jinder Mahal comes out. It typically, it, was, it wasn't a troll. He wasn't wrong. Yeah, and he is a former champion, so I was just like, I was like, oh, okay, so somebody else is coming out. I wonder who's going to be coming out. And then, okay. So I don't know if this was a Triple H call or somebody else's call. This is just me nitpicking here. I hate when they give an international talent that I hate America speech to give, which is so overplayed. I'm like, it is 2023. I'm like, you can't do this because most of us, at least under the age of like 40, kind of agree with gender that the healthcare system is trash. America is on fire in some parts. Like, I tend to agree with some of this gender. You can't get pro-American me. To, I'm not pro-American so, like that. I was talking, I was watching with a buddy of mine. You saw him in the background a little bit ago. Every mm-hmm. time, when he came out and started doing that, the first thing I said was cheap heat. They were just trying to get cheap heat. That's all they were doing. And what's the right. quickest way to get a cheap heat? Big Indian you come out and go, man, fuck America. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Any international star come out and says, fuck America, it's cheap heat. They wanted a quick pop for Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who came out and basically buried Jinder Mahal by calling him, uh, what do you say? Something, he called him a douchebag. America's douchebag. Call him a jackass. Day one douchebag. Yeah, day one douchebag. He had the the crowd, the crowd chanting day one douchebag for like three minutes and it was hilarious. But Jinder Mahal probably not doing anything in 2024. No, I mean, he's probably going to still be managing Indusher, but they haven't been on television either. So we'll see what happens with all that. But ultimately, this, as you said, this was to get cheap heat because then Dwayne The Rock Johnson returns. He does the rock thing where he buries his opponent on the mic. He attacks Jinder after Jinder attacks him. But then he the last couple of seconds of this, he talks about how he's hungry. 
He's going to go get something to eat. Should he go sit in the booth? Should he go sit at the bar? And then he said the thing that the internet has been going crazy about since, you know, last night when the episode aired. Or should he sit at the head of the table? And that threw the internet into a frenzy because everyone's like, oh, it's going to be Rock and Roman at WrestleMania. And I'm like, mm, I don't think so. But, you know, probably Chamber would be my guess. In okay. Australia. Yeah, so let's talk about this. So, because it's relevant to this. So, I was talking with me and Minnie's friend Uriel. Shout out to Uriel. Hey, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was the third member of the trio of us that went to WrestleMania last year. And I was talking to him last night because he was telling me, well, first he texted me. He's like, how come The Rock's the only person that could get away with cursing on television and not get bleeped? I'm like, because he got monies to pay the fines. <laughs> but more importantly, I said, okay, I have a conspiracy theory. Hear me out. So it is no secret that Roman Reigns is looking to, after WrestleMania season is over, to kind of take some time off finally and whatnot. So I'm thinking that this is when Roman loses the titles. So I have a conspiracy theory, and I told Yuri, okay, hear me out. And this is what I originally said yesterday. I said, Roman is going to be at Rumble, Elimination Chamber, and at WrestleMania. But I said this, and I said, I think here is Roman's schedule before his break. It's going to be Roman versus Randy at the Rumble. I think it's Roman versus The Rock at Elimination Chamber. Then I still think it's Roman versus Cody round two at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. So I think that's what it is. Now, the internet tends to have other beliefs because I posted a video on social media talking about it, and people Roman, said Roman, I'm wrong. Roman's dropping the belt at Mania. That's what I think. Because he didn't do it last year, he has to do it this year. I don't think, unless they're trying to get him to beat Bruno San Martino's record. And send WrestleMania to fucking Mars and have a match at Mars when Roman Reigns is 94 years old. So, he drops the title at Mania to Cody because The Rock does not. They need to put the belt to somebody to shoot them up to fucking rock star them. Even though Cody already is a rock star, I still think it's going to be him. They need a they need a big name for the for the Australia show because remember the Mission Chambers in Australia. They need somebody other than Mommy being an Australian. So they need somebody else to boost that show. So I think they're going to do Roman versus Rock at, at Elimination Chamber to help. Because, I mean, look what happened at the Puerto Rico show. They did Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. Yes, they had, like, Selena Vega and they had other really big names that popped up, but they still needed that big name match. Yeah, and Bad Bunny's the, the hometown kid. <laughs> right. Same as Selena, but they needed something more than just Selena Vega. So they need somebody other than, I mean, keep in mind, no offense to Selena Vega, she's incredible and I love her. Mommy sells. Mommy is a bigger name. Rhea Ripley's a bigger name right now, but I think they're going to need more than just Rhea Ripley for that show. So they need another big name match. So Roman and um, The Rock would make sense for that show, so it doesn't be a bigger thing. And if they want him to beat him, they can just legit just make him whoever loses sits at the sits at the head sits at the head of the table before he can make it for the belts. Right, don't, we don't. I, I think the Rock is losing. Honestly, I think the Rock needs to lose this one because Roman's your champion. You already had, 
we already had Jay pin Roman at Money in the Bank, you know, back in July, and that I was supposed that was to. A I think that was a mistake. I think Solo should have taken the pin. I think Solo should have taken the pin too, and then you could have used Crown Jewel as John Cena letting Solo just beat the ever letting daylight out of him to regain that. Because I agree with you, I think Jay pinning him was the mistake. Because then what we got at SummerSlam kind of undid everything that we did with that. Right, it would have protected the fact that Roman hasn't been pinned, pinned clean since 2019. Exactly. I don't know, but yeah, like I was saying, the internet tends to disagree with me, and they're like, "Nah, it's gonna be Rock and Roman, and you need to have the belts go on Rock." I'm like, "Hell to the no!" I'm like, everybody's complaining that Roman Reigns is the part-time champion, but just because it's the Rock, we're okay with it. I'm like, no. So, so here's the reason why I think people are kind of like kind of confused about it. This is what I think it is, and I've been reading a little bit about it. The reason why Roman isn't wrestling as much because the dude, keep in mind, he is, he has he's a two-time leukemia survivor. His body is not where it needs to be. He's probably breaking down faster than because I mean, come on, look at the few, look at like six, seven years ago. Dude was wrestling every week, multiple shows, main eventing every pay per view. U.S. hated him for it, but he's main eventing every major pay per view. The dude's body is probably breaking down really quick, due to the fact that he went through two bouts of rehab with leukemia that has long term effects. That's probably why he's not wrestling as much right now. Just save whatever. So whatever he does wrestle, it, it's a good match. So yeah, yep. he's a part time. He's your main champion. It sucks he's not there all the time because you want the belts on TV, but I think that's worth it. Right. And I am going to hold firm to the belief that I think the smartest move for WWE is to have Roman and Rock at Elimination Chamber because this is the first time that they have a big pay-per-view in Australia. And I think either this is the first time or in a long time. It's one of those two options. But still, Australia deserves a big marquee match because we here in America always get spoiled by having the big marquee matches, especially when it comes to WrestleMania. We get all the big matches here in America and everybody else is just kind of have to watch. So we shall see. I'm excited for what Roman's path to WrestleMania looks like. I'm also thinking that the men's elimination chamber will be who gets to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And then the women's chamber, I think Rhea will be defending that thing inside of the chamber. <laughs> Which, of course, homegirl, mommy is going to win because it's her hometown. <laughs> mommy. Mommy. So since we're talking about Rhea and her being a women's wrestler... We get into our next match, which is a number one contenders match to see who will face for the women's tag team championships. Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark versus Tegan Knotts and Natalia. This was okay. This was fine. It went the way I expected. Shayna and Zoe end up picking up the win. Zoe Stark's move where she jumps onto the top, bounces off the top rope, and does like a corkscrew splash of some sort onto her enemy is like one of my favorite things. It's cool. Unfortunately, about I think this was the bathroom match of the night. It was quiet. You know, there was another thing about I hated for the thing. They decided to do the thing where they put the match up in the corner and put commercials on so they can put on more commercials. But there was more commercials during this episode of Raw than I've seen in a while. Yeah, and of course, they didn't do that with The Rock because it's The Rock. And once again, WWE falls into the trap. A lot of the promotions do. You had The Rock returning. The crowd has just had all that energy given to that. And then the women have to fight to maintain their attention. Right. It was a good match overall. 
uh, between the rock, that following the rock and the most of the match being interrupted with fucking commercials, it just fell flat to me. Yeah, not, this not even this, the woman's fault. It was production fault. Entirely. Oh, I 100% agree. But Zoe and Shayna are in line to face whoever wins next week. So I'm wondering if we're going to have that match before Rumble, if we're going to get that match at Rumble, because I Rumble always messes up a lot of matches because of the fact most everyone's in the Rumble. I think it's going to be at Rumble. Like, I don't think Katana and Kaden are going to be in the Rumble match, to be honest. I think I wouldn't put it past Zoe and Shayna to be in the match. I think they would be in it. But I don't think Katana and Kaden are unless they want unless they want like somebody a high flying spot. Mm-hmm. But they can use Eo Sky and uh, Asuka and um, the other Japanese. I can't remember her name. You have Eo, Asuka, and Kyrie. Kyrie, same. <laughs> I haven't watched SmackDown in a while, guys. I don't remember people's names. Don't worry, we're gonna try to fix that because the SmackDown crew is gonna hopefully get back together uh, later this week. But more info on that later. But yeah, so. I, I don't think they. I think it's going to be uh, probably at Rumble because they need. They need. There's no matches. Rumble's in three weeks, and the only we have no confirmed matches. We have speculation. Besides the men and women's Royal Rumble, the only other matches that we were probably going to get is Roman Randy, and maybe a Rhea Ripley match. I agree. I think. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. I don't know if. Yeah, because I think Rhea will probably have her title defended at probably. Royal Rumble. You might have Rhea and Nia Jax at Rumble. Honestly, probably. I think, actually, I think that might be the, what we're heading towards since Nia beat Becky, Becky clean Rhea. here. Becky I think it'll be Rhea Rhea versus, yeah, I think it's Rhea versus Nia at the Rumble, which I don't hate, I'm going to be honest. I think we'll get into speculation about that when we get closer to Rumble season because we've Rumble store in three weeks. Yeah. yeah, so the next was the main event. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins for the WWE World Heavyweight title. You know, I think the match should have ended cleaner. Because uh, I don't want Drew. To, I, I'm tired of this Drew's blaming everybody but himself kind of character. Mm-hmm. And this kind of gave him more excuses. The match should have, I think this match should have just been clean. Um, to, like, so it started out all right. It started out. As a good, it started as a good match because Drew and Seth know how to work. They know how to work each other very well. Um, but then it got interrupted with Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio coming out. Um, also, we need to stop all these failed cash-ins by fucking Damian Priest. Uh, let him succeed for once. I think he's going to succeed at Mania. Uh, I think Punk, it's the head. My, my thing is I think Punk's going to beat Seth and then he's going to cash in and then beat Punk. Uh, but we'll get there when we get there. But he came in the cash in, hit Seth with the briefcase, dob went to the other side, got wrecked by Drew McIntyre, then Seth beat him after all, beat Drew McIntyre after all the distractions. Uh, it should have just ended clean. It should just been a clean match, right? In my opinion, I feel like adding everything else is adds more fuel. I think they want to push the storyline farther to possibly Mania or Elimination Chamber. I think that's why they're doing it, or they're going to have a Drew McIntyre versus Damian Priest at Rumble or something. Ooh, Drew McIntyre, Damian Priest for the Money in the Bank briefcase contract. 
hope that doesn't happen because I won't see any money in the bank to do something with it. But that's probably what they're, it looks like it's probably what they're going to do. Honestly, if they have that match, if it's not at Rumble or Chamber, it will probably be a match at Mania. Mania. But I hope that it is, if they're going to do it, obviously it needs to be earlier in the card if it's on the same night as Punk and Seth, which let's well, not they, kid ourselves. That's the match we're getting at Mania. Yeah, it's probably going to be night two. Well, no, I think it's going to be night one. It's, I know, I think, yeah, I hold firm that Seth and Punk are main eventing night one, I think. And then night two is going to be Roman and Cody. So I think if you're going to have that match between Drew and Damian for the briefcase, you have it on night one towards the beginning, like the first two or three matches of the night one card. And then as soon as Punk wins, then Damian can come out, cash in and end night one on a certified banger image of Damian Priest holding that title. And it's, it's, it, it, yeah, Punk wins. I don't think Punk, Punk's only thing he wants to do, I believe, is just main event WrestleMania. Right. Events, he wins, he does the thing he wants to do, gets cashed in, or he gets cashed in on. Right. He's getting it, like one of the best cash ins of all time happened at the Royal Rumble. So I'm hoping that happens. At least get Punk back tonight, make him look cool, then have him get cashed in on, but we'll see when we get there. But yeah, that was, uh, that was day one. Yeah, I gotta say that was fun. Uh, one thing I will say before we end, one thing I really enjoyed that I love seeing, I love the false finish we had in the match where. We thought we were going to get the three and then like the ref stopped because he saw the foot on the rope. And I was like, that was beautiful. That was, it was the most perfect looking fake accident. Cause it looked like it was set up perfectly to look like Drew accidentally put his foot up too far. Mm-hmm. So it looked like Drew's messed up pin is what saved Seth the match. I thought that, and yeah, that honestly, yeah. Yep. And that was probably like one of my favorite things. So, yeah, like you said, this brings us to the end of the day one edition of Monday Night Raw. And I have to say, this was a fun one. So uh, let's go into our ratings. So here at the Raw Squad for 2024, we are going to use a out of 10 scale. And just like on the SmackDown, we're going to use the mini scale. So actually, yeah, so let's use the mini scales, whoever that person is. (laughs) I don't know who mini is. I don't know who it is. I'm a lucha doll. All right, all right, Senor Lucha, don't we're gonna go to you first. What do you rate this edition of Monday Night Raw out of ten minis? I'll give it. I'm giving it an eight. The only reason why it's not getting it would get higher is because of one, it's too many damn commercials, uh, and it ruined some matches. And I feel like there was too much recap. They could have shortened the recaps. Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. I still think there was a lot of good stuff here. But yeah, the commercials kind of killed me. The picture in picture for a lot of the matches were like. I also feel I understand like with The Rock with Jinder having to give cheap heat, but that's kind of a trope I've done overplayed with. And the overbooking of the main event, I was like, "Mm, we didn't really need to do that, but it is what it is. But overall, I think this is a strong first episode of Monday Night Raw for 2024. And I'm excited to see what the next couple of weeks bring as we head towards Rumble season. It is one of the few times where we can say we're actually optimistic for what Raw is going to look like. Absolutely. And here's hoping that Friday Night Smackdown can continue that trend because we also have some fun matches for Friday Night Smackdown. We have the triple threat between LA Knight, 
AJ Styles and Randy Orton to see who's going to face Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. We have Io Sky taking on Mia Meechin, Mia Yim for the women's title. We have Pretty Deadly versus Butch and a partner that he can find, which I think is going to be Tyler Bate coming up from NXT, which is going to be really, really great. And we have the finals for the United States tournament, Santos Escobar versus Kevin Owens. So whoever wins this tournament goes on to face Logan Paul, which I'm assuming is probably also going to be at the Rumble. Probably Santos Escobar. <sighs> Who's to say? We, I think it is going to be Santos because I feel like Austin Derry and Grayson Waller are going to stick their nose into Kevin Owens' business as they have been, which is going to be great. Give but, us a 2v1 handicap match at WrestleMania and then uh, uh, Royal I Rumble mean, KO versus Austin. Listen, since Austin has been paired up with Grayson Waller, he's been less annoying, and Grayson Waller's just great in general. That's a good tactic there. But yeah, that was going to die well, the Raw squad, me and Mikey. Let's yeah. Go. Mikey, the great wise leader of the Vibe Tribe. <laughs> and El Jefe to the Biconic, so... Thank you so much for tuning into another Raw Squad review. If you liked what you saw here, make sure to check out all the other reviews that we have here on the Biconics Wrestling YouTube channel. We have TV show reviews. We have regular podcast video episodes, and we also have pay-per-view reviews. We just uploaded, at the time of this recording, which is Tuesday, we uploaded an edited version of the AEW World's End pay-per-view, which, if you didn't catch the live stream, that video is still up as well. But if you want a more condensed version, we have the edited review. That was a lot of fun to do. If you want to know when these videos go live or anything else, Biconics Wrestling Podcast related, make sure to follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod. And then, of course, subscribe to your favorite podcasting network if you want to hear audio versions of this review. Uh, we're announcing that not only will we have video versions, but for those of you who are on the go or are working like nine to five and need something to listen to, all these reviews, both the TV show and the pay-per-view reviews, are going to be audio versions as well. So you're going to want to make sure to get all that goodness for yourselves. But from myself, from Senor Luchadon. Yes, we also have a Patreon. Thank you, Senor Luchadon. We also have a Patreon where you can support us if you like. If you love what we do, we would love you to subscribe to our Patreon so we can continue to bring you content, evolve what we do, and it gives you access to never-before-seen videos and exclusives. Like, the most recent exclusive that we have on the Patreon is you can actually check out our AEW World's End watch-along where a bunch of us got together to watch World's End. So you can watch that as we are a little more unhinged. So it's a great thing. It was a, it was a fun time. And that's something you could look forward to if you subscribe to the Patreon. But that is going to be it from myself and Senor Luchadont over here. And the rest of the Biconics boys, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, stay Biconic, you beautiful bastards. We'll see you for the next Raw Squad review next week. But until then, ta-ta for now. <laughs> <laughs>